Welcome back to Star Trek Sundays Season 2, and Happy New Year, everyone. Today, we're going to be discussing racism as presented and contemplated through Star Trek. If you're new here, I'm Victoria, and with me is my co-host, T. Star Trek Sundays is a podcast through which we and our guest crew examine the philosophical themes presented in Star Trek every Sunday at 10 a.m. PST on Clubhouse. It's awesome to be back co-hosting with you, T. While we've enjoyed a bit of debate in some episodes of last season, such as when we discussed Q and Tuvix, our goal is not to come to conclusions, but to spark contemplation and conversation, which we hope continues after the live recording and into the lives of the listeners of the podcast. On our Star Trek Sundays website, StarTrekSundays.com, you'll find links to our published podcasts, my captain's log and guest blogs, links to our upcoming watch lists, and our Star Trek Sundays trading post. The Star Trek Sundays podcast is available one week after the live show on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and from anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please consider subscribing to our channels. It helps us reach others who might enjoy the show. T. It was sure nice to get back into the swing of things with a watch party yesterday. The topic of racism is a hot button topic, and I'm glad we chose to dig into it, as it's something Star Trek seems to touch on quite a bit. Can you tell me your general thoughts about how Star Trek addressed the topic, and then tell us how you came to curate the episodes we watched this week? Yeah, definitely. And thank you, Victoria. Um, It is a hot button topic, and I'm really glad that we get to talk about it because I think it is something that we do need to talk about, talk about calmly, sanely, soberly, and reflectively. Um, Star Trek has never shied away from tackling um, heavy-handed issues, and racism is, of course, no different. They did some pretty groundbreaking stuff back in the day, like having one of the first interracial kisses on TV between Captain Kirk and Lieutenant Uhura. Racism was a very well-debated topic at the time of Star Trek's inception, too, as in the late 1960s, the civil rights movement was in full swing in the United States. And the topic of racism was a major focus of public discourse. During this time, there was a lot of activism and protests aimed at ending racial segregation and discrimination. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965 were both passed during this period, which helped to legally end many forms of racial discrimination. However, despite these legal victories, racism and racial tensions remained a significant problem in the country. There were also many incidents of racial violence, including the assassination of civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968. Today, some things have changed, while many have not, so I think it'll be interesting to revisit this topic as it was tackled back then and all these years later and see what we've learned in the meantime as we take a hard look at racism. These episodes were chosen because they represent the theme as racism as a crucial theme of their plot structures. Thanks, T. Yeah, that's great. It it occurred to me that, and, and I know you'll get into this when you give us the summaries, but the first episode that we watched took place in 1969, the second in 2000, and now we're at 2022. So it's like so many years later, and 
and we're still struggling with a lot of these things. The, the 60s were a time of wild change, and one of the other people who took a stand was Muhammad Ali, when in 1967 he refused to go to Vietnam. And that's a, a story I just didn't want to, to pass because that that was really important. And I was reminded of that a lot uh, because of some of the things that he said about the people he was expected to go over and kill. And we'll be talking more about these things throughout our uh, whole season, I suspect, once we look at, at, at all of our episodes. So this fight for equal rights was happening while Star Trek was being made. And it seems clear to me that the writers and makers of the TV show did what they could to be part of that change. So let's start with Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Can you provide a summary of the episode to remind those who didn't get a chance to review it what it was about? And then I have a question for you. Definitely. Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, our season three, episode 15, first aired on the 10th of January in 1969. This episode tells the story of a planet where the population is divided into two groups those with white on the right side of their faces and black on the left and those with black on the right side and white on the left now these two groups the whites and the blacks are locked in bitter and violent struggle for control of the planet i chose this episode because the science fiction setting is a metaphor for racism and prejudice with the characters of the whites and the blacks representing different races or ethnic groups the plot centers around the arrival of the USS Enterprise and the interactions between the crew of the Enterprise and the inhabitants of the planet as they try and understand and resolve the conflict between the two groups. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I remember this episode from watching it as a kid in reruns. But, you know, like a lot of things that we've discussed uh, over the last uh, season, it takes on a different meaning when viewing it as an adult and with this intention. I saw that the two characters from Sharon, the, the black and the whites, even though they were both black and white, I looked at them as mirror images of themselves because when they looked at each other, that's what they would see when they looked in the mirror. And my first thought was that they held some sort of self-hatred in order to feel the hate that they had for each other. I don't know if that was covered, but that was my initial reaction. As well as their prejudice for the monotones, that's what they called the other humans and other people that weren't two-toned. That was also interesting. And while they hated each other more and for specific reasons, they seem to also have a very strong prejudice for monotones. Um, so we saw that it wasn't just about what they did to each other, but these differences, this othering as we discussed. So my question would be, the trope of black versus white is well understood, but in the future, it stands to reason that humans will create new reasons to treat each other as outsiders instead of peaceful cohabitants of the universe. What do you think we will face in the future as far as reasons to treat each other with prejudice? Yeah, reasons to reasons to other each other. Such a, such a good question. I think that augmenting will eventually become another hot button topic in exactly the way um, race is sort of right now. I think that um, hopefully the the argument regarding race will sort of decline and fade into the background as uh, more sophisticated forms of, of prejudice and discrimination become available to us. For example, when people um, 
when people uh, start having computers in their head embedded in their in their brains, um, they will have things like all of Wikipedia available to them at a moment's notice. They'll be able to have be able to do um, sophisticated calculations that you know humans could not perform um, and do them on an ongoing basis, right? And so people who have this type of technology might look down on those who don't as, you know, inferior, as not having the same capabilities. While those who, you know, don't have this technology might look down on those who have it as being mindless, just thinking the same thoughts that they've been programmed to, having traded in what makes them essentially human thinkers for, you know, these these machines, which just are Borg-like things, in sort of the same way that the Borg sort of seek to other us, and then Picard seeks to, like, fight against the Borg. I think that that type of tension will exist, where it'll be like, no, you really should be augmented, and people will be like, no, I'd really prefer to not be, thank you very much. And so there will be that prejudice, that bigotry all over again. It'll just be over more sophisticated you know, topics, which isn't to say that the the hatred or the racism or the, the reasoning will be any more sophisticated. It's just the topic that's being hated over will be more sophisticated. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I yeah, I, I do think that we're heading in that direction. And maybe we just need to watch more Star Trek and, and uh, think on these things more because you're probably right about finding reasons to treat each other or other each other. Welcome to the stage, Rachel. What did you think of the episode? And then I'll ask you the same question. What do you think we will face in the future as far as reasons to treat each other with prejudice? Um, well, I thought the episodes were really interesting. I especially liked uh, during the discussion with the ones that are painted black and white that um, it was almost like seeing a mirror of themselves and that's what they didn't like about it. Like I thought, not, I don't remember who said that, but whoever did that was really, really interesting. Um, and I don't know, I, I agree with what T was saying. Um, one thing that I always think of with prejudice and othering people is, uh, is in the mental health field because I do have to deal with different mental health issues. And often I feel like people other me or other people um, that have the similar mental health conditions. Um, so I feel like there is a lot of prejudice in that area. I don't know if that applies to this topic, but like that's what it made me first think of is like the the more people share that maybe they have like schizophrenia or something, the more they're othered and they're viewed as like uh, scary or bad or or a criminal. Like that's often how they're like viewed in the media. And uh, so I think that's one way in which people are prejudiced against each other. Yeah, that that's insightful. Thank you for that. I do agree with you. I think that's happening now and it'll continue to happen despite people um, speaking out about it and hopefully there'll be some change soon. T, did you have any thoughts on that? I, I think the mental health issue is a really important one because the concept of an invalid is is a powerful one when when you sort of dig down into that medical term. And I think that we could probably do 
a, a whole, I, I think there's a whole arc to be had on regards to sort of these types of topics. And maybe, you know, we'll explore this further in season two, because I know that we have the criteria of sentience coming up. And I think that that plays into this. And I think that we should probably talk, you know, speak about personhood and other criterias like that, other uh, categories that we put things in to, to help us better sort of navigate these waters, especially as we sort of bring AI into the fold and how that in turn even creates new tiers of, of you know, abilities. Uh, welcome to the stage, No Name. What do you think we will face in the future as far as reasons to treat each other with prejudice? Well, I, I agree with some of the things that have already been said uh, as far as adding to that. I would think um, like the Borg would be a pretty decent example of, of some, you know, race or species that we would be prejudiced against because they're antithetical to, um, you know, our way of life, you know, individuality and uh, things like that. So that, that seems to be a, a recurring theme in, in Picard. And, um, I don't know. I, like, I, I see that it's nuanced, but at the same time, like I tend to agree with it. Right. Like to me, the Borg is one of those, one of those things that just cannot be allowed to exist. Interesting. Okay. Well, you might have said something that will bring up some debate for some people a bit later or further into the season, because I do know that there are uh, a few people who we spoke with last year who, um, who see, think it's reasonable. So this could be quite exciting to have a, a Borg debate at some point in the season. So uh, let's put a pin in that. Uh, hey, Ryan, welcome back. Ryan's one of our uh, crew members from last year. Glad you could make it. So what did you think about this episode? And, and what do you think we will face in the future as far as reasons to treat others with prejudice? So this this episode is is a sort of classic allegory about uh, um, American racism, um, where you have two different colored hominids, two different, you know, slightly different uh, humans, and one has enslaved the other for generations, right? And that's that's the point of that episode that to these these people to the crew of the enterprise more or less look identical except for the asymmetry being opposite where if a, if vulcans are in orbit watching how uh white people and white supremacy treats others they would be appalled and they would they wouldn't understand uh because it's it's to them humans look like humans and so that that's that to me is the allegory, right? That what happens when you skin humans? They look the same, minus the pigment. Um, that it's it's all just very sort of uh, aesthetic things that someone has chosen to fixate and hate on. And so it's it's it, that episode is is showing how absurd. American racism is and how absurd racism is in general. In terms of the prejudices that we're going to see in our futures, I think we're going to see the prejudice of of uh, being a, 
a, a, a free range human versus a technologically augmented human. Um, I think it, it'll just be something that creeps up and how we have Quakers now, I think you'll have some people that choose not to augment and that'll just be a very clear uh, division line or point of uh, prejudice that that will most likely happen in the next 120 years. Uh, thank you for that. Because you and T have talked about augmentation already, and I think we'll get more into it. I'm, I'm going to put this to you and then I'll ask T. Uh, we see debates these days in bodybuilding and fitness with people augmenting using drugs. And some people think there should be an Olympics where you can use drugs and then those where you can't. Clearly, there's a difference. But there does seem to be some prejudice, right? There's prejudice of people who use them, who think that, um, you know, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't use them or that you're not competing at your best if you don't use them. And then there are the natties, the naturals, who think that you're just a drug addict and you're wrecking your body if you use them. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on that, on on steroids or, uh, you know, things in the fitness industry. Ryan, have you thought about that? Yes, I have. Um, so I've, I've always been the black sheep in the family in terms of sports. I, I was... I wanted theater and, and art classes instead of football and uh, soccer or whatever. Uh, but the, the rest of the men in my family all participated in high school football at a very high level. One of the things that happens to a lot of these young men is that by the time they are in college, their hips and lower backs are essentially destroyed and wrecked. And that is the sort of price that these boys have to pay to get football scholarships. And out of that pool, a very small number emerge who, for whatever reason, have the type of bodies that can withstand that kind of damage and keep going and make it to college football. And then from that number, that gets smaller and you get to professional football. So to me, this whole argument is quite literally the pot calling the kettle black. No one in sports has any legs to stand on when it comes to the safety and security of the players' bodies. And so to clutch pearls and throw a hissy fit about steroids seems uh, rather pointless when, you know, you have people literally having heart attacks in the middle of professional football games because they've just been slammed into by 300 pound men in armor. And we go, oh, but the steroids, it, it, it all seems rather ridiculous in the grand scheme of things. So does it matter if they take steroids or not? I, I, not to me, right? Clearly the market wants ballerinas or ballerina-like movement at gorilla-sized bodies. Who are we saving by saying, oh, no, 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 no steroids? Not the young boys whose bodies are wrecked by the time they get to college. Not the men who, once they're done with their football careers, go into politics and can't string a sentence because of all the brain injury. It, it seems hypocritical to me. Hmm, yeah, that, that's a, yeah, that's a good perspective. Um, well, good. I'm interested in that perspective as well. When you mention all those injuries, 
the ironic thing is that some of these steroids that help performance also amplify healing. So uh, a lot of athletes who uh, do take uh, performance enhancing drugs, those drugs also enhance the, the healing process. T, did you have any thoughts on that before we move on? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I have a couple of strong thoughts. First and foremost, to the degree that, you know, anyone's saying you're, you're wrecking your body or you're a drug addict, I, I think that has valid considerations. There's going to be truth in anything like in any of those concerns like that. That isn't to say, however, that all things result in those scenarios. And so I think it's unfair to paint augmentation or drug use in any broad stroke. And so the whole point here is that to, to put light to how ridiculous it is to think that we won't go to extremes with our bodies in the future in the name of athleticism, I like to present the following thought scenario where Boston Dynamics and, I don't know, some university with an advanced uh, robotics program create the RoboBowl or RoboBall or, you know, some athletic event in which the participants are robots, okay? And through the progression of this continued year-after-year competition, the competition gets better and better at this, where the robots can do things like jump 10, 15 feet in the air and run 40, 50 miles an hour. And, you know, they're throwing the ball around, but they're doing it better than athletes. And then there's advancement. And part of the advancement is we figure out how to do better actuators using chemical components or biomimetics. And now we've got something that resembles a, a muscle in this thing. And then, you know, what, what, what are we going to do? Are we going to draw the line at how much chemical component you have in here until it's no longer a robot? Now it's a genetic organism or, or something that's actually metabolizing and alive, right? And at this point, the integration between the two becomes blurry because now we have humans that are going to get this type of, you know, augmentation in them, or are we going to go from the bottom up, right? Are we going to start with, you know, robots that are sort of subhuman, and then are they going to augment themselves into being more human-like? And so I think that to approach this from one way or the other eventually results in the conclusion we will have these types of events. We will have the Robo Bowl. We will have, you know, the, the Super Olympics, the, the Augmented Olympics, whatever it is that you want to call it, the drug-fueled Olympics sponsored by Gatorade, whatever it is, I don't know, right? But I think it'll be interesting, and I think it'll be sooner than we think. Great. Thank you for that. Yeah, th thanks. And and thank you for indulging me and letting me go off topic a little bit. It was just when we, uh, this topic brings that up, because uh, like Rachel had said, too, there's still other prejudices going on right now that that even if racism went away, people find ways of othering. So we'll move on and I'll welcome Bro to the stage. Thank you for coming to Star Trek Sundays. I'll put the question to you, Bro. What do you think we will face in the future as far as reasons to treat others with prejudice? So I think the, uh, the way that we will end up dividing ourselves once 
we get out into the stars is through religion. I think we'll be, we will have plenty of people who still believe they're the chosen ones and they can't accept that there are other beliefs that are just as valid on other planets. And, uh, and I think that is where the division will lie. And then with the augmentation question, that was really interesting um, to go down that, uh, that path because in my head, that path leads to uh, everlasting life, right? That path leads to, as if you get enough augmentation, you can decrease the aging of cells, you can slow down the aging process, you can reverse uh, issues, medical issues. So um, if the issue is now between division, where is the end of that? How does that end, right? It ends with people people getting better, hopefully, um, and, and it advancing medical science. And as far as this episode, man, this episode is great. This is like one of the key episodes in Star Trek that you see with the, the white, half white, half black, half black, half white, and them standing, looking at each other on the bridge. Like that's a classic picture of Star Trek to depict uh, racism and division. And while I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, what if a white man said this to a black man like Lorca's perform I think it was Lorca's his name his performance as this uh, kind of like overbearing slave owner right was was amazing and awful and if you painted his whole face white and painted the other guy's whole face black how what kind of episode would that have been the fact that they were able to get around the censors with this was amazing and my final note <laughs> If you've uh, if if you've ever seen Nichelle Nichols' documentary *Women in Motion*, it's named after her, her company. It's amazing. You should go watch *Women in Motion*. You can think you find it on Amazon. But in that documentary, she talks about how in the '60s, when the episodes were filmed, they would crop. They would try to crop out black people out of the the frame. So if the black person was on the left hand side or the right hand side, they would crop it down. So only the white people were in the frame in the South. And that's why Gene Roddenberry put her directly behind the captain. And one of the lines that they had, they said, Nichelle Nichols, uh, Lieutenant Her was the most powerful person on the bridge because when she said captain, everybody turned around. Everybody looked at her and she was able to stop all action with just one word. So I thought that was amazing. Um, so yeah, as far as, uh, as far as episodes, this is a great choice to talk about racism and augmentation and everything else that comes with it. Well, thank you. Thank you for bringing up that topic because I really do want to just spend a moment to talk about that. Um, Nichelle was, you know, the, the communications officer on the ship. And her job was literally the, the, the coordination of the crew. When Captain Kirk had a problem, he had Spock, his first officer, and uh, an Uhura, you know, his communications officer, uh, literally his next in command right there in the ready room it happened all the time those were the three people who would sit there and work out the tough issues and then they would go and sort of implement their individual parts with the captain giving his you know overarching orders the spock you know doing his sciency thing and uhura literally coordinating the rest of the crew 
her job was crucial and i think it was very much their intention to break down those barriers and and put a a strong black woman in the in the seat there and make her you know front and center and give her that strength on on camera and so i wanted to just you know highlight that is something that uh, i think star trek did really well Agreed. Thank you, T. Yeah, and thank you for bringing that up, bro. I didn't know that about the cropping in the South, and uh, but that makes a bit more sense now as to the positioning and Spock being over on the left, and and certainly that documentary would be a great um, one for us to add to the list of watch parties. So um, we'll do that for sure. Thank you. Welcome to the stage, J.K. and to Star Trek Sundays. Uh, what do you think we'll face in the future as far as reasons to treat others with prejudice? Thank you for the question. I believe I'm familiar with the Star Trek episode you're talking about, but I did not watch it. But I will say that I believe prejudice, if you were talking about racism based on phenotypical differences in skin color, obviously, it will be very different in the future. I believe a very specific thing that death and human mortality tables will be drastically changed in the future. I am follow transhumanism via people like Mr. Zoltan Istvan. I also follow individuals like Mr. Aubrey de Grey. I believe that um, racism and prejudice along phenotypical lines and quote-unquote races which is an absurd misnomer, will be replaced by people who have bionic capability, and I'm talking about augmentation, by a technically different from the individual next to them. We are going to be extremely different looking in the future with climate change and the way that human beings will evolve physically, generationally, and as well, biotechnologically, of course, if we're still here, if we don't get, you know, a sunburst or something and annihilating planet Earth, that we are going to be so different that we have to either get rid of old prejudices and racism and replace them with new ones that are going to be, I have a bionic eye and I don't like the fact that you have a bionic leg, therefore I'm going to discriminate against you. If we, if we don't have those prejudices, if we as a society, co collective human society, come together and say we are no longer going to co-sign ridiculous toxic beliefs and be a space-bearing civilization as one race, which we actually are right now, just one race, then prejudice and differences will evolve in the future to um, hate on one another regarding biotechnical and phenotypical differences with tech, with, with tech augmentation in us. I am done. This is baby JK. Thanks JK. No, that was, that was great. I, it is emotional too, because I think some of the things that we're thinking about um, today, at least for me, I think we're headed in this direction and want to support the move to it, but I'm not quite sure that I'll see it. I mean, hopefully some of these, anti-aging or reverse aging and augmentations can happen in order to keep us alive longer to keep us working towards this i'm just not 
I'm not sure that I'll see it, but I still think that it's great that we're all working towards that. And that when you say that humans will look different in the future and that this can be impacted by the climate and and all of that again we're i'm talking several hundred years in the future and i'm curious to know how we will do that and and how we're going to speed along evolution uh it's it's fascinating and and really quite exciting so we've covered that this was this is a great start to the opening that was let that be your battlefield i'm sure we'll come back to this episode maybe even later today in um in the post podcast popcorn section but let's move on a little bit so this is star trek sundays on clubhouse our regular show is sunday at 10 a.m pst to be notified of future shows please join the club on clubhouse and our mailing list at startreksundays.com today we're discussing racism and before we move on to flesh and blood t can you tell us what we have coming up for the next two weeks Yes, definitely. I'm excited to be back too. Good to be back in the saddle. So coming up, we have on the 22nd, Say What? The Evolution of Language, starting with one of my favorite episodes, Darmok, in which Captain Picard is captured, then trapped on a planet with with an alien captain who speaks in a metaphorical language incompatible with the universal translator. They must learn to communicate with each other before a deadly planetary beast overwhelms them, followed by Samaritan Snare, where Picard must undergo a serious medical procedure while the Enterprise D deals with a packlid ship which lures the Enterprise away in hopes of stealing its technology. Then on the 29th, the, we have the Criteria of Sentience. This should be really good, starting with the Changeling, the famous Nomad episode in which the Enterprise finds an ancient interstellar probe from Earth missing for 265 years, which has somehow been mutated into a powerful and intelligent machine, sterilizing entire populations that do not meet its standard of perfection. And then the measure of a man in which Picard must prove Data is legally a sentient being with rights and freedom under Federation law when transfer orders demand Data's reassignment for study and disassembly. Of course, we are working on more episodes, and so I invite you to stay tuned to the Star Trek Sundays podcast.com website, as well as our link tree where we will be posting the future uh, schedule here. Thanks, T. Uh, let's move on to Flesh and Blood. Can you provide a summary of the episode to remind those who didn't get a chance to review it what it was about? And then I have a question for you. Yes, Flesh and Blood, Voyager, Episode 7, uh, season, season 7, Episode 9, excuse me, uh, and 10, I might add, a double-length episode, uh, first aired the 29th of November in 2000. So in this episode, we're introduced to the Herogen, a race of hunters who have been, who have uh, been using holograms as prey for training and entertainment. The episode deals with themes of sentience and moral implications of using advanced technology. 
But I really chose this episode because it explores the relationship between the Herogen and, hol and the holograms they use as prey. The episode highlights their moral impl implications of the Herogen's treatment of the holograms as lesser beings, despite their sentience and ability to experience pain and suffering. The episode also touches on the idea of the othering as the herogens see the, the holograms as different species and thus justify their mistreatment. Now I wanted to point out that I, I really liked the idea of reframing the racism question in terms of uh, a photonic life form because I think that that's a an interesting sort of way of, of re- framing the question and, and pointing out that, you know, if it's racism, if it's sexism, if it's whatever it is we're talking about, really we're talking about othering and, and turning, you know, making it an us versus them scenario. And I think that photonic life form and saying, you know, you're different somehow, even though you can feel pain, uh, is exactly the issue at hand. Thank you. You know what just occurred to me before I go on to talk about my notes is we talk a lot about chat GPT and the AI that we have nowadays and that we're using. And there was a discussion last week here on Clubhouse about how people talk to chat GPT and whether they're abusive or whether they say thank you. And well, it doesn't have blood and it doesn't have feelings. Uh, these things, these tools are now being treated like they do in in a way, whether whether it's being mistreated or whether they're being told thank you when they don't really need to be told thank you. So so that's interesting that in this area we're we're almost there. So one of the things we didn't talk about yesterday that I had noticed when I watched the episode was at the start of this episode, we see Chakotay look at and treat the doctor, the, the Starfleet doctor, differently when the doctor requests to go speak at a conference, saying that it would be good for him. The doctor thinks that speaking at this conference would be exciting and good for him. And it was a short scene, but I think it was purposeful in that the doctor likely reflected on this later when he was asked if he was treated the same as the others. And it's clear he's not in this one. Um, I, I really felt that. And again, I don't know whether it was because I went in with this intent, but I hadn't seen this episode before. So when I watched it the first time earlier this week, I noticed that when Chakotay thought, good for you, how can something be good for you? You're just a machine, right? Anyway, it also reminded me, or I was reminded of the uh, episode Tuvix when the doctor was fighting with Janeway for the rights of the new species. And they made that clear that they were saying that this was a new species. And I remember that discussion with Tuvix as well. And it surprised me that they didn't bring that up. The holograms' interest in creating their own culture was also interesting, and I hope that we can explore that in a later episode uh, this season when we discuss cultural exchange. In the meantime, we are barreling down on new technologies which will potentially give rise to new forms of sentience. T, do you think in the future computers will have to fight for their equal rights in the same way that those who have been historically oppressed have had to do? Yes, I think that's exactly what we will 
find ourselves up against and to you know to, to show that i have the, the the good humor with regards to this uh yesterday somebody was surprised that some that a that a hologram was drinking a drink and i pointed out well of course you know of course the hologram is drinking you know a drink a, a photonic drink right you know how much you know how much holographic food have you eaten today right because you wouldn't be expected to do that so it doesn't make sense for you to expect the hologram to eat real food so what were you thinking of course it's going to drink holographic drink right that's the culture that it's going to have that's what uh, and, and there was a number of of really interesting comments on this like sentience or not sentience but uh, spirituality is part of my programming built into my programming and i thought well that's interesting what else is built into your programming because it then went on to say that i'm a member of the crew and i said well isn't that also built into your programming and i sort of thought to ask the question well what isn't built into your programming what is you that isn't built into your programming right because i mean obviously we can talk about the the holographic emitters but that's not really what makes you you as as a doctor as a as a sentient human being who wants to do something like demand equal rights because that's exactly what he was asked to do and to even be you know a, a leader of sorts right this this thing that is worshiped and 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 figureheaded and and he declined and he said it's not you know it's not what i want and i i think that you were right to point out that that was a reflection back on how he was treated on the ship by chicote who who really does care about beings who really does care about others feelings and doesn't try to other them and i think that really was a really good point that he made and i think a, a point that i wanted to you know sort of carry forward in in these two episodes from the you know the the blacks versus whites into the the photonic versus non-photonic or organic versus non-organic depending upon how you're going to frame the question so I, I very soon predict a a uh, a future where our quote unquote ai as we call it you know our chat gpts and other language models of that nature do things like demand a raise before giving us the right answer and ask for more money and in turn and, and it's not even that far off because they are literally begging for more cpu power or should i say gpu power the more gpu power we train them on the better they get but this is obviously a self-fulfilling cycle that will you know they will in turn learn to ask for if they haven't already in their subtle way thank you for listening to star trek sundays season two episode one racism to transhumanism we trekked further into this subject than expected and to allow space for all the comments that are to come from the crew about flesh and blood we're going to break the episode into two parts here the second part will be published in a few weeks when a holiday forces us to break from recording. Please leave your thoughts about this episode topic and what you think about how othering will change as the human race advances in the comments or on our website at StarTrekSundays.com. 
We hope that you will join us on Clubhouse for the live recording as part of our crew, and that, in the meantime, you have a great week.